0: Welcome, Welcome to the Andy Griffin, Andy Griffin show, show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Welcome to the program today. It is now 10 minutes after 9 a.m. And I apologize for that commercial that I just played a moment ago. That's a pre-Christmas commercial. Obviously, the sales staff hasn't gotten those things cycled out of there. we are gonna fix though. Don't be worry about that. Uh, happy Friday to you! First open line Friday of this new year. Glad you're along. Thanks for joining in. We're going to take your phone calls at six seven three five eight nine zero. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about emotion, about feelings, about how we're how we're supposed to feel right now. Uh, and, and I do want to spend some time on that. I've got some stuff prepared, and I, you know, the other thing that. I think it's going to factor in on how we feel and how we're supposed to feel, is uh, is who in fact really was behind this? What what happened at the Capitol building on Wednesday afternoon? Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that. We'll maybe you can get your thoughts and uh, or we can get your thoughts and feelings on on those uh, things. Also uh, this week there were a couple of really really um, uh, what's what's the word a really. Um, Thoughtful, well-written, well-articulated letters from folks who support keeping the Dixie name and are against the board of trustees and their recommendation to drop the Dixie name. And so, uh, I want to read excerpts from a couple of those letters, and uh, just to just to kind of give you a taste. And they're from some prominent citizens. Uh, so we will we will get after that in a minute. There's also uh, and I'm going to bring Allison's mic up here for a second. Uh, there is a, a uh, tell me more about this student march that's coming up. Uh, is it Monday? Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Monday. Let me look at the text.
0: I, I want to say 11 o'clock in the morning, 1130, something like
1: that. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm pulling it up. No right worries. So, okay. so
0: basically we haven't heard, we've heard from the folks that live here. We've hold, uh, the, you know, that, that, that whole Dixie deer. We've heard, heard from a lot of people who are transplants, relatively new transplants, mm-hmm. some of whom have recommended that the name be changed, some of whom even recommended that we tear down statues in this county. Yeah. Uh, but what we haven't really heard from are our students. And right. so uh, this is a good opportunity. Tell us again about this uh, this little march they're doing.
1: So it's, um, it's going to be Monday, January 11th, 1130 a.m., 300 South, 700 East, Um, they're going to go to the clock. They're going to march to the clock tower on campus. Um, and the third South
0: would be what right there by the, by the fine arts building. Uh, You're new to town.
1: Yeah. I'm still getting familiar with everything. (laughs) We
0: we know where 700 East is. So, okay. uh So. Uh, and, and uh, that's going to be primarily students, right? I mean, everyone's invited, mm-hmm. but the idea is to show the administration that the students actually care about the name as well. Yeah, right?
1: mm-hmm. it's to protest the name change of the university and its uh, students at Dixie State, so yeah.
0: Very good, and that's Monday, did you say 1130? 1130, Eleven thirty.
1: yeah, 300 South, 700 East. We'll be
0: there, we'll, uh, we'll uh, take some pictures, get mm-hmm. some quotes, and, and uh, let you guys know how it all turned out. So yeah. But, but yep. you're, you're welcome to go. If, you're, if, you're, uh, if you feel pretty adamant about Dixie not changing its name and you have a little bit of time off on Monday, head on over there. I think it's going to be a pretty cool scene. Mm-hmm. And there will be no violence. It, that doesn't happen here.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to so wear my Andy Griffin show shirt. <laughs> here we go again. Uh, <laughs> all right.
0: All right, thanks, Allie. Thanks, uh, Allie will be taking your phone calls today. She'll be the first voice you hear when you call into the program. She'll, If you will be kind to her, she's a very nice person. We don't need to make her upset. So don't, if, if you're mad at me, don't call her names. Call, you can talk to me and call me names. Anyway, 673-5890. Uh, when you call, she will ask your first name and she will ask what it is that uh, you want to call and talk about on the program. So we'd love to hear from you today. Uh, it is 914, and as become tradition every Friday now, we give Seth Stinson a couple of minutes to start the show off. Good morning, Seth. How are you? I
2: got the opportunity to meet with Allie at the rally on uh, uh, Monday, and uh, let me assure everybody, she's a really a
0: nice lady. She really is, and you know what she told me, Seth? This was pretty cool. She's like, Seth is kind of rocking it. He's kind of bad. He's a, he's a bad dude. So, uh, and man, that's bad in, in in the way of good in modern. Yeah, my America. wife
2: says that all the time.
0: She says you're bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I'd like to have a little conversation with you um, so we could go back and forth. Do you know how, since I've been in Dixie, how the mayors become
0: mayors? Uh, boy, it sounds like a trick question, but it, through by election, right?
2: No, Well, no. It's no? a process. They resign, they retire, and then there's a pro-tem, and right. then the pro-tem and the, and the interme- the um, placeholder then becomes mayor.
0: Most of the time, yeah?
2: Yeah, and, and as far as I can remember, that's the way we did it. What happened to the idea that candidates... Without and, and they're being screened, if I understand this correctly, by the city council.
0: Okay, well, they're being interviewed. I don't know if they're being screened or not. I, I, I think everyone that applies gets at least one question in front of the city council interview, don't they?
2: Well, well see, I'm not sure how that goes because uh, technically, I I'm not in Saint George. Right. So um, even though I spend all of my money there and are subject <laughs> to all of their rules. That's right. So, but um, at some point, they're going to screen out people who, uh, for some reason, didn't qualify. They don't live in the city. or Right, right, right. No, they,
0: yeah, you're right. They They say that right up front. You have to have lived in St. George for a year. You have to not have a felony record. Uh, I don't remember. Did, Ali, do you remember any other qualifications for that? It seemed like there was one more I'm forgetting.
1: Did you get okay. U.S. citizen? You have to be a U.S. Well, citizen, US citizen, obviously. Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah. So
2: so the idea, the idea is somebody's screening the candidate, somebody's picking yeah. and choosing, somebody has already been placed, um, and that on the 19th um, they're going to. Um, Select an interim. Uh, am I using the right word?
0: Well, it will be. I, I don't know if the, uh, you could call him interim, but honestly, it would just be the mayor for for a year, for ten months or eleven months. So. Okay,
2: and then that may change. Now, the way human history and the way people respond is the guy with the bully pulpit. The guy that comes on your show uh, as the mayor mm-hmm. now has an incredible advantage over the person uh, or the people, or the however they're going to select at. So um, I don't think that's fair.
0: I, I could see where you could I, – I agree with you that that could be construed as unfair – uh, especially since usually the city council will pick the senior city council member that wants to be mayor as the guy, so uh, there there's definite advantage in there. I will say this, I, and I said this uh, earlier this week. The guy that the guy that gets it, and it's probably going to be Jimmy Hughes. Let's be honest, but not not for sure, but probably going to be Jimmy Hughes. Uh, has a huge advantage. You're right, as a, as what would be the even though it's only a year the incumbent. Unless he screws up, and let's look at what happened with John Pike in the last year. if he only had the job office for a year, do you think he would have gotten reelected this year
2: and he was he told me to my to my ear <laughs> on the telephone that he was running again, and he yeah. was going he was not he was going to have i like Pike and I like to listen, but I do what i want <laughs> and, and the idea, and by the way, I was um, impressed with uh, Jimmy Hughes responsible to his sacred oath to the Constitution, yeah. but on the other hand, uh, does his actions line up with his understanding? And could he pass, or any of them pass, a constitutional exam and and say, if you don't understand the Constitution and your responsibility, or you go to a constitutional mayoral school where you learn to be a mayor, you just don't drop out of the tree to be a mayor, and... Um, and if his actions, by raising our taxes and doing other things like the governor's prone to do, um, then uh, we're going to end up with clones of the city council. We're going to get. We're going to elect good old boys. We're going to elect people that are nice, but don't follow their sacred oath to God and to us to maintain and support the only law, the only thing we have to control this out-of-control spending.
0: Well, and, and you mentioned nice, nice, you know, the saying, nice guys finish last, that's not usually the case in politics. A lot of times nice guys get elected because they are nice guys. John Pike, one of the nicest guys around. Honestly, really, a genuinely nice guy. And I guy. agree with you completely. But that doesn't necessarily translate to what you're talking about. I, I think you're absolutely right. It takes a nice guy, but it also takes a bold person to go against the norm and to follow, uh, like you said, the sacred oath of, of uh, maintaining the Constitution of the state of Utah.
2: All right. Now, the closing statement is mm-hmm. I want a strong mayor. Yeah. I want to change the system. I don't want a, a weak mayor who's part-time. I want full time and full accountability.
0: I'm kind of with you on that one, Seth. All right, sir. All right. Thanks it's for the It's a call. pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Seth. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I talked with Jimmy a little bit yesterday about uh, whether the mayor job would be full-time, and, and it's not been a full-time job. In fact, I hate to say this, but the mayor of St. George is a little bit of a figurehead, uh, almost like the, the Queen of England, uh, because there's not a lot of power there. Uh, the mayor does not vote when it comes to issues. It's the city council votes. The only time the mayor gets a vote is if there's a tie. Well, when you have a city council of five people, when are you going to get a tie? When someone's not there, that's about it. And and so uh, you have a, a situation in uh, most of Utah where the mayor is a bit of a figurehead. The guy that really runs the city is an appointed guy. His name is city manager, uh, and and you pick whatever city you want, and we can talk about the city managers there. Uh, city manager job is a well-paid job. It's a full-time job. It's a, a job that is, is in charge of hundreds of people, depending on which city anyway. Uh, and, and so, you know, and we've had city managers on the show. Adam Linhard from, from uh, St. George City uh, has been on here. Uh, the new city manager for Washington City has been on the program. Uh, and, and so th- these guys have a lot of power. It's different government than is run in many other cities throughout the country. In many other cities throughout the country, the mayor is a full-time mayor. He is the guy that runs the day-to-day of the city. He's actually usually paid pretty well. And the city manager, if there even is one is, uh, is answers to him. you know, as Jimmy was talking yesterday about the city manager and, and I think Adam Lenhardt's doing a fantastic job, by the way, this is not a criticism of him, but he's the, He's the guy that runs the city, not the mayor, not even really the city council. Although city council has the power to remove a city manager, that's a rare thing. They have to have done something pretty scandalous to get removed, you know, skimming money or having an affair or something like that. That's the only way your city manager is going to get uh, get out of there unless he's just completely incompetent. And and so it's an interesting uh, dynamic in the way cities are run around here. Do city managers have a lot of power? Yes. Do they have too much power? Well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, but they have a lot more power than the mayor, a lot more power than the mayor. In fact, mayors in most of the state of Utah that work part-time don't have much power at all. They are, they are guys who attend events and cut ribbons and, uh, and give speeches. They're, they have the power to maybe influence, but they don't have the power to actually vote or make a, uh, make a uh, statutory difference in the city. So uh, I think that needs to change in St. George. St. George is big enough now that the mayor should be a full-time job. He should be the guy running the city. Now, if that happens, and I'm not, I'm not going to say yeah, when that happens, then that changes the dynamic of the kind of person or the person who would run for mayor. The sad thing is you probably are going to get a couple of career politician types who want to become mayor. And I don't think career politicians are good for anybody. I really don't. I mean, you look at someone like Joe Biden, who I've served my country for four years. Well, Yeah, you've, you've served, but you've been paid pretty, pretty well, Joe. And you managed to cut some pretty cool side deals along the way, big daddy. And uh, so, yeah, to me, career politician is not not something we should be very proud of. I'm for term limits. I'm for uh, limiting the power of some of these guys who all they've ever known is, uh, pardon the expression, sucking off the government teat, and and that's that is troubling to me. You know, guys like Orrin Hatch and even even Mitt Romney is becoming a career politician. Uh, you. you you get these guys and they get so far in, they, they, they're so far in the forest. They can't, they're, you know, they can't see that they're in a forest. All they can see is a couple of trees in the way. So anyway, that's my thoughts on that. Great, great topic brought up by Seth. Uh, I hope St. George does go to full-time mayor. I don't know uh, what it's going to take. You know, maybe a vote from the people. Uh, If there is a vote from the people to, uh, get a full-time mayor here in St. George. I will. I will gladly be a part of uh, leading the cause in in that. Uh, but I. I think that, you know, city managers are are well trained and they're and they're good guys. Most of them and they do their job and they work hard. But I think it's time for St. George City to have a full-time mayor. Who knows if it'll happen? I hope so. Uh, let's talk about emotion. Uh, I've always been. Uh, I based my life, my daughter is very much like me, my uh, uh, older daughter, logic rules. I've always been a person who tries to take emotion out of situations, make a decision based on logic. And of course, that's not entirely possible all the time. We are human beings. We have emotions. And so as Wednesday unfolded, uh, I, I was beset with emotions, as we probably all were. Uh, it started out, and let me just say this: I felt I've always felt like that the extreme, not extreme right, the the far right, uh, the the maybe not even the right, the Donald Trump following uh, populists, which were 70 plus million strong, believe like, kind of what I was just talking about that career politicians have been always only had their, their own self-interest. Uh, I mean, that's why there is such a thing as a lobbyist. I think they ought to throw every lobbyist out of D.C. personally. But anyway, that's, I, I, I get off topic here. I, I've always felt like that we had right on our side. Uh, so when I was actually proud Wednesday, before the violence happened, I was proud at how many people Trump supporters showed up Hundreds of thousands. Nobody has given, I've never seen, I haven't seen a good estimate as to how many people were really there, but there were clearly hundreds of thousands of people in Washington, D.C. to support President Trump in his, in his claims that the election was fraudulently given to Joe Biden. Uh, there were senators and uh, representatives lined up to protest the vote. Now, according to the experts, there weren't enough of them. They couldn't have done anything about the uh certification of the electoral college, but they were lined up, and they were ready to do it and Then you know what happened happened, and I went from this feeling of pride of yes okay we are we are on we are in the right we are in the good to horror uh followed by. Disappointment, worry, followed by sadness and eventually shame. And uh, I, I was literally ashamed of my fellow trumpists, my fellow supporters of the president and his claims uh, that what happened happened. Followed that was followed immediately in social media by people like a relative of mine, who I again, uh, for safety's sake, and leave name out of it uh, but a relative of mine who was all over social media saying yeah I knew this was going to happen I knew those Trump fanatics were going to freak out and cause a revolution this was right in the midst of all of it and there was a big old post and yeah I knew it I knew the way he's been talking and all you gun on gun owning anti-abortionists were going to start shooting people and start taking over buildings I knew this was going to happen because you don't believe in right and wrong and you don't believe in the police and you don't believe in and, and that's what I got and it wasn't just from this relative of mine it was from a lot of people even people who were former Trump supporters they had turned they were like hey this is it this this is this has crossed the line we we, we are dignified in America and despite some belligerent uh uh twitter twitter trumps uh we were still still dignified and this is uh this has crossed the line. We're not dignified anymore, and so uh, the shame was there. I admit it. I was like, "Man, we blew it." We always had a right on our side, and to me, that was the biggest justification of it all. You want to criticize Donald Trump's presidency? You can criticize his personality, his hair, whatever. His you know his divorces, his uh, questionable behavior when it comes to the treatment of women in the past, you can criticize all that all you want, but I had right on my side because Donald Trump made eight promises when he became president and he kept seven of those eight promises and he would have kept them all if he hadn't been blocked by the, by the left. He tried to keep all eight promises. And when's the last time a politician did that, right? You know what I'm saying? So I felt like, all right, we have right on our side. And even as early as eleven o'clock on Wednesday morning uh, I think it was, maybe it was ten o'clock anyway uh donald trump was was given a speech on the air, and I was inspired I was fired up. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we need to fight for everything, but I took fight to mean in our hearts, in the courts and, and so I was like. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Mr. Trump. I agree. And then we're at, we're at a luncheon. Uh, Allie and I are at a luncheon, and I start getting texts and tweets and Facebook messages, and everybody's like, are you seeing what's going on in Washington, D.C.? And, of course, I, ha- I was not aware. I was in this luncheon. Uh, but as uh, several of the texts and tweets I got were, came with, with links, uh, with uh, links to news sites saying what was happening. And, again, the emotion in me was, was uh, a horror, sadness, eventually shame that my fellow Trump supporters would do this. And I was, I, was, I was upset. I was disappointed because I felt like, like I said, we always had right on our side. And then it was gone, just like that, poof, it was gone. And then the fallout came. And we're going to talk about the fallout and why I feel differently now. But got to pay some bills. So uh, we'll take your phone calls. We will talk some more about how the emotion turned for me when we come back. Welcome back to the Andy Griffin Show. We'll take your calls here in just a second. I want to finish uh, my thought, and then no, we'll go right to the phone lines because they are lit up. So uh, please be patient. If you're on hold, we will get to you. So uh, I was going through the emotion of Wednesday, uh, again, uh, after – it was revealed that uh, uh, the Capitol uh, building had been breached, that uh, supposed Trump protesters had uh, gotten into the Capitol building. They had to rush away all the congressmen and, and, uh, and uh, get them to safety. Uh, and then, I, you know, I, I, it really came horror, sadness, and then shame. And I was at the shame uh, plateau, or perhaps depth, I guess would be a better word, for quite some time. Uh, and, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to get out. I didn't like it there. I didn't like what had happened. And, and, it, and I, I didn't go so far as to say this was Trump's fault, but I was, I was close. I was like, man, this, this went horribly wrong. And maybe the president did say too much to incite some of these people. And then I started getting, uh, again, some more tweets and some more texts and some more emails and people are saying, Hey, do you recognize this guy that? Was one of the first ones in the Capitol building? And I'm like, no, why should I? He said, well, and they sent me a, a screen cap from one of the BLM or Antifa rallies from, you know, six months ago. I'm like, wait, 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 what? And then uh, some live reports came. These were people who were there. They said we, it was a peaceful rally until a bus showed up with a bunch of guys, and they didn't say Antifa on them, but it, they were clearly different than the rest of us. The Trump rally was grandpas and grandmas, moms and dads. It was people who felt disenfranchised and fraught and, and, and feel like they had been ripped off. And, and they were there to let the world know, hey, I feel like I've been ripped off. And all of a sudden, all these people came up with an agenda, with something on their mind. And you can't, there are already, there are people, and by the way, I have taken a beating from people on the left who, ah, I told you so you're an idiot for supporting that guy. I've gotten, I've, I've heard them all already in the last few days, last two days. Um, and I actually, I've not engaged anyone. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I put my hand on my keyboard, either here at work or on my phone or at home to reply to some, to some of these people. Cause I'm a wordsmith. I like to write things, and oh, I had some zingers queued up. But you know what? I didn't. I didn't engage anyone. I just observed. And what I observed was the people leading the charge into the Capitol building, some of them were Trump supporters, but a lot of them were not. And in fact, a lot of them were exactly the opposite. They were people whose whole goal was to make Trump look bad. And I started to come to this realization that, I think we just got played. I think that the far left, whether it was paid actors, whether it was people acting on their own, whether it was Antifa, whoever, I think that they wanted this to happen. They don't maybe want people to die. I'm not going to say anybody that had that in mind. But they wanted the world to think that Trump was trying to start a coup. And if they were able to accomplish that people who had supported trump all the way through including friends of this show would turn on him and now there's talk not only from democrats but from republicans of trying to remove the president 12 days away from his resignation anyway because he incited this riot it wasn't a riot until those people showed up all right i i have talked way too much let's go to the phone lines and get your thoughts on this all right uh... Hans, I believe. Was it Hans in line one? Yeah. How are you today? That is that is me. Thank you for calling in. What's on your mind?
3: Well, first off, uh, be glad you didn't tap on your keyboard. Mm-hmm. Because once it goes out there, the doxers and the cancelers and uh, all of the tolerant, <laughs> diverse, and fair folk on the left, well, you know what'll happen.
0: Yeah, it'd get banned. Yep.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't know if, have you ever heard of Elijah Schaefer?
0: Oh, I don't. And that doesn't sound familiar. He's a
3: reporter with the blaze. Oh, okay. Okay. He was there, right in the thick of it, yes, uh, when when all of that stuff happened. And there are tons of reports coming out that it was Antifa that really got that all going. Yeah, probably some Trump people that emotions got out of hand, but it was basically Antifa that went in and started all of that and got it going. And Elijah was basically right down there reporting it. Well... Of all people, Eric Swalwell. I want all you Democrats to think long and hard about that name. Um, And also, Fang Fang. Putting two and two together yet? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eric Swalwell, of all people, who's got a big thing going with a Chinese operative named Fang Fang, a big sexual thing going on with all of that, actually came out and is basically saying the FBI needs to go and get Elijah Schaefer. Um, his, all of his media stuff has been shut down his social media and the left is calling for this man to be arrested by the FBI
0: Hmm. because all he, all he was doing was reporting what he saw.
3: Yeah. He was reporting what he saw down there. And apparently he got some pictures from inside the Capitol where, where everything was going on. Yeah. But again, this is the left folks. And if, if you just hated Trump and went and voted for Biden, this is what you voted for. And I want you to think long and hard about it. You know, as, uh, as the restrictions and the rules and the regulations and the laws get tighter and tighter and tighter, and you begin to feel that big government hand wrapping around your throat, just remember that you voted for it. And when the price of gasoline goes through the roof, when your yeah. food starts to get more expensive, and your paycheck gets smaller and smaller and smaller to pay for all this <laughs> free stuff,
4: yeah.
0: remember you voted for it. My my seventeen-year-old daughter asked me. She's like, Dad, what does it mean that, that we're going to have Biden as president now? I said, Well, let me see your paycheck. She just gotten a paycheck from her work, and it, she was, you know, a kid, a, a dependent kid, not paying much tax. She had to pay like ten percent taxes. I said, Well, see that number right there? Multiply it by five. I said, That's yeah. what it's going to mean to have Joe Biden as president.
3: Yeah, and I want uh, and I want people to think about that for a minute. Okay, your taxes are going to go up drastically, which means your paycheck's going to be smaller. At the same time, these wonderful low gas prices that we pay are going to go away really fast because of uh, the Green New Deal, which Biden and Harris are all for. Okay, so your gasoline's going to go up, your taxes are going to go up, your paycheck's going to get smaller, but you're going to have to pay for fuel more for that. Your food's going to go up. And if you rent, your rent's gonna go up. Yep. And your paycheck's gonna get smaller and smaller and smaller, again, because the left is gonna make sure that people like you and I that go out and work every day pay for all of this free education right. and free health care.
0: Yep. Let's forgive some student so, loans, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just wanna I just wanna put it out that uh, if you're a Biden supporter and you think that the world has, you know, and now that the Senate is run by Democrats as well and you think that it's great, just remember when all of this stuff flips around and the economy takes a massive hit because of tax increases and green new deals and um, all the stuff that's going to happen, you voted for it. Well said. you got nobody to blame but
0: yourself. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to line two. Lines are jammed up, so we've got to keep moving. Uh, this is Doug. Doug, how are you today?
5: Excellent, Andy. Thanks. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you for calling.
5: Yes, yes. Uh, I thought you articulated that, the protest deal there, very, very well. I totally saw and felt exactly what you said. I was watching that with my wife, and it's, and we're watching the pictures and watching that, and I looked at my wife, and I said, honey... Those people are not the regular Trump supporters at the, at the regular Trump rallies. These are imposters wearing Trump garments and Trump you know, Trump stuff. I mean, like you said, that bus shows up. Yesterday, yeah. it was on, on Limbaugh. He, he mentioned that, that a, a news anchor actually slipped and told a, a correct, honest report. That the, FBI, the FBI has identified one of the people as an Antifa person and then within 15-20 minutes it was taken down offline that they, they removed that report you know say so they unfortunately i feel the mainstream media is going to smother this back as much as they can that that just like you said andy we got played trump got played we, we got played we they, they inserted antifa in there they just saw that as the perfect opportunity. Now, Mike, you give me a break. You know, they say that there was pipe bombs set around the building. Do you think the the, the mom, pa, grandma, and and honest, tax-paying, God-loving citizens that go to Trump rallies would do that? Not no, a chance. Absolutely not, you know?
0: Yep. yep. All right. Th- thanks for All the right. call. Appreciate it. Got a whole bunch of people on hold. Uh, if you're on hold, thank you for being patient uh yeah no, no no trump supporters aren't doing that and, and like i said i feel like we've been we've we've had right on our side i think we still do we got played it's like a movie what do you do i mean trojan horse you know what do you do you put the other guy's uniform on you sneak into their camp that's exactly what happened it's not a movie it's reality it's snuck like into our camp all right let's come back to the phone line i believe this is my son
4: aj what's up aj uh, hey, Dad, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to call today because I am pretty angry. I, I don't know if I've ever been this uh, upset before, about, especially about what's going on in our country. If you get played, that that spurs anger,
0: doesn't it? When you finally realize you've got you've just got played, you got fooled, yeah, it, it, that's, that's what I'm starting to feel, too, anger.
4: Right. And, uh, you know, and I don't want to speculate much on because there's a lot of information that hasn't come out about who exactly these people were that stormed the Capitol. Um, But it took it took away from what the entire reason that Congress was there that day. And uh, many of the people that were going to object, many of those congressmen and senators that were going to object, they flipped and changed their mind uh, after the incident. And and, and that's uh,
0: interesting, A.J., because. I think what they're feeling you know you know that uh, you never make a big decision when you're under stress or when something big has just happened to you that you hear that all the time I think they were all really scared for their lives yesterday and so today yes or Wednesday so yesterday and today they're feeling that emotion of wow I just had a you know a life flash in front of my eyes I need to do something about it how about I impeach the president so yeah I know what you're saying
4: right and and 99% of those people that were out there protesting uh, on Wednesday, um, they were there for a purpose. And that's because we don't feel like our votes were, um, were counted. We don't feel like we feel disenfranchised. And we are not being representative um, by, by – and you can even look – neither of our senators here in Utah, uh, they – neither of them objected. Um, Congressman uh, Stewart and Owens, they objected to Pennsylvania, but they didn't object to the Arizona. And none of the other states were even brought up for a discussion. Yeah, frustrating, right? Am I right? Frustrating. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just want to say, like, here I am, twenty nine years old. Uh, you know, most of my life ahead of me, and I feel like my vote will never count again. And that's sad.
0: That is sad. All right, AJ, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Um, that—that's what's happened to to a lot of us. Like, why in the world would I vote at this point? If I don't vote, they win. If I vote, oh, they win anyway. It's a game we can't win. Oh, the frustration. All right, let's take one more call, and then i got to get a commercial break in. Uh, Doug, on line four. You still there, Doug?
6: Oh, I'm sorry, well, Greg. Greg. Yeah, okay. Right, go on. <laughs> sorry about that. So, that's all right. So on Wednesday, as I was watching, you know, the news and watching as it happened, uh, I saw some stuff on the TV that I actually took pictures of on my TV. And I sent it to my family and shared my opinion, which is actually very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. The One of the first people inside of the, the Senate floor and stood up at the, the stand, yeah. you know, what's the first thing he did? He raised his fist up into the air. And, you know, that's symbolic. I mean, that's what the whole Black Lives Matter matter, uh, uh, symbol is. And then, uh, you know, after all of it, I think they had begun to clear out the Capitol, and there were a bunch of people on the steps waving their flags. I saw a flag that looked interesting. Have you ever seen uh, people who take the American flag, so there's the Stars and Stripes, and then in the square where the stars go, they put a logo, like of their sports team or something like that? Okay, yeah. So this flag, it had the red and white stripes, but then where the stars go, it had the Chinese stars, really? the red and the yellow uh, big star with the three or four stars kind of half circling around it. Mm-hmm. And and so I took, yeah. I sent those pictures to my family, and I said, "This does not look like Trump supporters." In quotation, and the first thing that happened, my sister. She she started that argument like uh, people who believe that ideology do. Or ideology do. She called me uh, dis, uh, delusional. She called me a racist and all these other things. But the one thing that I've noticed is that they what they try to do is they try to get under your skin and they try to stir up your emotions. And so, you know, we can have the feelings of frustration and anger, but we need to control what we do with it and not allow them to control us by us losing our emotions that's what your the caller guy he calls in all the time and he stirs everybody up and then they start and when you do that you give him control
0: yeah good good point good point point. And, and you know i started the show talking about logic and, and as soon as we can we've got to start separating our emotion out of there and start thinking logically i think right now the senators and representatives they're feeling the emotion of having almost what, what they thought they, they thought that we're going to die maybe or, yeah. you know, or there was going to be a revolution. And and so I think, you know, with, with Chris Stewart and some of those uh, others, even Mike Lee saying, well, I'm not going to oppose the electorate now. I think they were a little bit afraid. They were they, the emotion in them was, wow, maybe maybe Trump went too far this time. And, and so I think you're right. We start, need to start separating that emotion out.
6: Which is interesting for Chris Stewart. Come, you know, he's a military guy. You yeah. think he would be able to keep his head. So yeah, You
0: would think. He was a pilot, though. He thanks. was up there uh, 20,000 feet above everything. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Greg. Yep. It is uh, 9.51. Let me get a quick commercial break in, and then we'll uh, go right back to the phone lines as soon as we can. By the way, before, as I go into break, I was looking at this uh, picture. Uh, this is Mike Doran. He said uh, he has a, a screenshot, uh, not a screenshot, a picture he took of Washington, D.C. burning. And he said, this is my city on fire in May. He said, I didn't receive a single text message that night. I didn't receive a phone call. I didn't receive anything. Nobody was worried about DC in May when they were burning it down. All of a sudden today, I've got a flood of texts, emails, tweets from family members saying, Hey, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. But where were you seven months ago? All right, real quick, Joe Shoney Show sponsor, Joe Shoney, has been a part of the show since I've been a part of this show. Coming up on two years, by the way, in a few weeks. Uh, and uh, Joe Shoney's specialty is uh, customer service when it comes to processing your loan. You won't get any surprises. He keeps you informed all the way along the way. 499 reviews later online. He has an average of 4.91 stars. That'll tell you what he believes about customer service. He believes in taking care of you. Give him a call today. It's Joe Shoney. Phone number is 435 435- 435 Five nine zero sixty three hundred. back in one minute. All right, down to the final six or seven minutes of the program. If you want to get your voice heard, it's now or never. 673-5890 is the phone number. And uh, I've got, uh, well, we'll go to the phone lines right now as soon as I can open my phone up. Now you know, your phone won't do facial recognition when you got headphones on. I just thought uh, you guys would really like to know that. <laughs> So I'm trying to look at my phone and see if we can get the the name of the caller. Okay, line two, Diana is with us. Diana, how are you today?
7: I'm doing well. Good that you're having this conversation. And just really quickly wanted to share with everyone, all of this has been talking to us personally as Americans, Mm -hmm. and we have to face ourselves as Americans. And how good of American are you? And do you know your Constitution of the United States? And I'm going to share this. We need to go back to the cradle to the grave. you are given a Social Security number at birth. There's where you need to start with your children. Even reading to them from the newspaper when they're infants, it doesn't matter. My husband did this with my children. And they, at the time when they're reasoning and all and reading themselves, they have a great capability of grasping. And we need to teach from the cradle to the grave of being an American and what your constitution is. Up until the time that you're out on your own as an adult, we have to re-educate our our new generations, because reading in the news, I saw, and I can't remember what news it was. I don't know if it's Newsmax or not, but China has offered 250,000 peacekeepers to send over to the United States of America for the inauguration to keep the peace. What is that telling you?
0: Wow. Wow. China is offering that to us. We're supposed to be the good guys, aren't we? The, the helpers?
7: Well, it's not good, guys. It's called our country. And when do your enemies offer that? And that tells you what we've got. Mm. The Democrats are no longer legitimate human beings. And I say that because we've seen it for four years. We know what's going on. They're criminals. They are criminal behaviors. Their activity is that. And a criminal tactic is minimize their behavior and catastrophize yours. We need to be able to be stronger as Americans and stand your ground. And you've got to start from the cradle up as well as get involved with every little thing in every town, every municipality, every city show up as a civic American, because this is what's happened by apathy.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
7: well that's said. my statement.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Good
7: luck time. to you. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.
0: See you later. 9.56 mm-hmm. on KDXU. Again, we're down to uh, where we've got time for maybe one or two more phone calls. Uh, it's a it's a, an emotionally charged topic, but uh, we would love to uh, hear from you. Six seven three five eight ninety. I think Ali's taking a call right now. We might have time for this one and maybe one more. So if uh, you've got something on your mind, you want to say say it uh, now. Would be the time to say it. Uh, all right. So let's go to Dell on line one. Dell, how are you today?
8: Yeah, I just I just one of my thoughts are we talked about devices. And I know the the new governor talked about that. But I think they're the ones that are creating creating it because what they do is they say we want to be united. But it's a one-sided conversation. They say you have to do this. And those who don't necessarily believe in it, uh, that is why we are divided right now, especially with this COVID. They tell you you have to wear a mask. Well, some of us don't believe we have to wear a mask. And therefore, that creates contention. Same with Romney. You know, if we, if people were calling him a traitor, and then Lee gets on and says, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, that's that's wh- how you do it. You don't riot, but you can express your opinion. So divisiveness comes from those people who think they're right in government, and then we have to be mandated. Otherwise, that splits us apart. So just my thoughts on how our government, our mayors, all the mayors in, that are making us do what they want us to do, that yes. creates that divisiveness, I think.
0: All right, thank you. Thank you for the phone call. Um, you know, the, the uh, truth of the matter is, is uh, Spencer Cox on a, in a fireside talked about uh, coming together as one. And then he said, our enemies who are going to protest tomorrow. I was like, wait a minute. what? Why is he calling us the enemies if we're going to protest the next day at the inauguration? All right. the uh, uh, Line three, Randy, what's up? Hey, how are you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. Thank you for calling today, Randy.
8: You're welcome. Good to hear your son. Hey, Jay, I think he's right about expectations about future elections. Do we really think that our new Congress is going to pass anything to help us keep elections fair and free? I don't think so.
0: Not a chance. Nope.
8: Well, that's my two cents worth today, Andy.
0: Awesome. Thank you for calling. I appreciate that. You're Uh, welcome. Bye-bye. We'll go uh, to LD on line two. LD, what's up today?
8: I just wanted to say that my observation was that the capital police, the 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 police force that was charged with uh, protecting the uh, the Capitol, yeah, capital, and that they they showed great restraint to me. They showed a lot of restraint. They were not.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it could have been a massacre, I, huh? It, well, if they started shooting.
8: Uh, that's that's what I'm saying. To yeah. me, they, they they recognized that those people were not, and then it got out of hand. Yeah. But but they were showing great restraint, and the police, to me, have always showed a lot of restraint. Where...
0: Yeah. yeah, thank you, L. Day. Out of time, unfortunately. Uh, for those of you that didn't get on the show, I see you on the uh, hold lines. I'm really, really sorry, but we have used up the time. This is the Andy Griffith Show. Thanks so much. For joining me. Uh, we've got some cool guests scheduled for you next week. I'll post that on the website. Uh, we're here every morning, 9 a.m. Love to, love to get your phone calls.